This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Okay, so we're live, and you know why we're live, because it's been an absolutely bananas day. We were getting ready for a pretty busy day. Greg Bedard, Patriots podcast with yours truly, Nick Cattles. Greg, we've talked about this leading up to this moment today. We knew that the Patriots would be aggressive. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. I don't know if we thought, though, that the Patriots would spend around $200 million in the first eight hours and 47 minutes of the tampering period. Uh, let's. We're going to go in depth in a bit on all of this, but first we'll give you the list. Uh, Matthew Judon, four years, 56 million, 32 guaranteed. Jonu Smith, four years, 50 million, 31 and a half million guaranteed. Nelson Aguilar, two years, 26 million, 11 million a year on the base. Kendrick Bourne, three years, 22 and a half million dollars. Devon Gacho, two years, 16 million dollars. Jalen Mills, four years, 24 million dollars, 9 million guaranteed. And then right before we got on to do this podcast, yes, again, the Patriots signed somebody else. Henry Anderson, defensive tackle, two years, $7 million with a chance to earn up to $11 bucks. Uh, of course, Joe Tooney goes to the Chiefs. We have heard nothing about Andrews or Guy just yet, Greg. But your big takeaways from an unbelievably ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Nick, I, <laughs> it's it's really unbelievable what they've done. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't looked into this, but I assume this is just unprecedented in NFL history in terms of one day, a matter of hours to do all that the Patriots have done. I mean, it's just, look, we've talked about it for months, probably almost going to back to the end of the regular season where we talked about that the Patriots were going to be aggressive, that Belichick understood the issues that they had on offense. He was going to address them and that they were going to beef up uh, the running game up front. I, I had no clue, and I don't think really anybody did, that it was all going to be done in a matter of about eight, nine hours. I mean, it's just really, I went through my needs list that I had for the Patriots, and and if they can bring back Andrews and Guy, it is, and look, quarterback is still a big thing that we're going to need to talk about and we will right. be talking about, but basically – if they bring those two guys back, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. My needs, you know, and some of that is returning guys moving into different spots. Like, uh, you know, I think that the Judon move probably pushes Josh Uche to linebacker, which solves an issue that they have there because really they have needs at weak side linebacker and strong side linebacker if they're going to do that. But, anyways, it's just. It's been ridiculous, and it's and it's hard to put it all into context, which is you know what we're paid to do. It's just it's stunning what they've done, and and I have a bunch of different emotions about this. Um, part of me is I look at the depth chart on what I have and the needs, and I'm looking at these. You know, I'm changing names to purple, which is new additions, and I'm like, I'm like, this is great. And and do I think the Patriots are a better? Are they a better team now? than they were last season or yesterday without question. There's no doubt. I mean, they got, they got good football players. Now I think you can quibble about the money and I'm sure we'll go, we'll delve into that as the real numbers come in in the next week or so. Um, 
But there's no question that the Patriots have made themselves better. But and look, they don't call me the wet blanket of reason for nothing. Uh-oh. And if this was another, if this was another team, I mean, I wouldn't laugh at them. I would just say, all right, this is interesting. I like the moves that they're making, but rarely does this many moves in one NFL offseason pay off the next year. Normally it takes two years. Now, you know, who knows? That I mean, that's 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 the rule. There are always exceptions, but this is a lot of changes in in, in one offseason. And and there's little doubt that you have to look at the other side of the coin on this is that that the Patriots had to do all this in one offseason, to me, is an indictment on their team building the past three years, whether it's, right. you know, the draft and some of the guys that they've signed or not signed or not drafted or, you know, all of those things led them to this point. It led them to a surplus in, in cap space. It led to led them to a bunch of holes that they had to fill now. I mean, I, I'm not going to – I have no problem with them doing it. They have the cap space. Uh, there's the cap situation in the NFL this year where they have the money and they can afford to throw it around where other teams can't. So that's an advantage to them. But, and one thing doesn't have to be exclusive. The Patriots can be a lot better team. They can have signed good football players and they're better now, but you can also say, why are they even here? And what does that say about where they have been the past three years? But uh, you know, in general, it's just, it's a mind blowing day. It's unprecedented in the NFL and I, it's a hell of a lot of fun. That's for sure. One way or the other. I mean, it's either going to be a great success or a great failure or somewhere in between, but, uh, it, it's certainly been interesting and a lot of fun watching it. All right. A couple of things. Nobody can argue what you just mentioned as far as how we got here and why we got here. It's rather obvious that we got here because of some misses, many misses. In the draft, they missed in closing out deals in free agency the past couple of years as well when they targeted receivers. This is how I feel about that, though. To me, we've already talked about that around and around and around. And I think many of us acknowledged that they struggled and they could have done a much better job. Here's what I would say, though, because everything you said is factual. Acknowledging your mistakes and then actually being actionable to address those mistakes is actually a good thing. And, you know, I was listening to Felgren Mass for the eight minutes I could stand them, then I moved on. But, you know, right away, it's, uh, oh, can this, can that, can this, can... Can we try to separate this for a minute? Like, here's what happened. Bill Belichick screwed up numerous times when it came to personnel. He realized it. Greg, you said this a couple of months ago. Belichick realized about the middle of this season that he had done wrong, that this offense was atrocious defensively. They did not have enough talent in the, in the front seven. And he admitted it to himself. And I know this might sound to some people like, Oh, you're a pilot. No, this is not being an apologist. As I said, he messed up a number of things, which is why we are here. The important part is that he realized it. He realized it and said, okay, Well, now I've got to make amends. Now I've got to correct those mistakes. And he did not waste a single second in doing so. Boom, right away, he does it. The second thing I would say, Greg, is you're right. You know, usually when we see teams make, you know, these kinds of moves and spend this money, you say, 
oh, well, it's not going to work out for them because it's not easy to just fix things like that. And usually it's because those organizations are bad. And, you know, the Jets, the Dolphins, Fair point. they don't have Bill Belichick. And so, again, I'm not saying that he's perfect. We are here for many reasons because he was not perfect for the past few years. But I'm going to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt because, again, if we look at his two decades in New England, he's gotten a hell of a lot more right than he's gotten wrong. And he has a better track record than really anybody has for this length of time. So, yeah, th- this is this is reminding people of Jets, Dolphins, but I think it's mm-hmm. different because the guy up top, the guy's the GOAT. And if I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and give him a shot, this is it. He went out. He spent money. We've all been saying he needs to go spend money. He needs to get better. That's what he did, and I think that's a good thing today. Yeah, I think those are all really good and valid points, Nick. Um, you know, and truth of the matter is, I mean, yes, he's Bill Belichick, but I didn't really throw him into the context uh, in all that they've done, right. uh, which you need to do. And and I think it's a really good point by you because, I, you know, when you said that, I was just like, all right, that's, you know, that's fair. I mean, because you're right. Most of the time when we see teams doing this, uh, like say it's the Raiders um, a couple years ago or the last couple years when they had a bunch of cast base and they added guys and look at all the guys they, they cut, it didn't, it, this year, it didn't work. Um, and when you see other teams, like whether it was that Eagles dream, t- quote unquote, dream team or what have you, you know, <laughs> that didn't work. And, you know, you see the, the the Dolphins had a big splurge, one free agency and the Jets have done it and, and without question. But I do think it's valid. What you bring up is that those teams weren't the Patriots. They didn't have Bill Belichick. They didn't have Josh McDaniels. They didn't have some of the coaches that the, that the Patriots have on defense. And I, and I think that's valid in that they, they can, they can fit it all together. I mean, I, I will tell you that, you know, look, I'm, I'm excited about the guys that they added. I mean, I think that, you know, Johnu Smith, I didn't really have a preference as far as the, the, the top couple tight ends on the market um, from, you know, asking around, especially in the last um, 24 hours leading up to this. Uh, I came on the side that I thought Smith might be the guy for the Patriots. They just think he's more versatile. He's a, he's a better all around guy, but Smith's a good player. Um, you know, Godshaw is the type of nose tackle. I mean, you wish Bo Allen would have worked out last year. He didn't, but he's the type of guy who can be really good against the defense. Judon's really good against the run. Um, brings you some pass rush. Uh, he's a good player. He can be a little bit of a pain in the rear end. I'm hearing from people um, with the Ravens, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Jalen Mills, I, I need to do a lot more studying on. I don't know a whole lot about him other than he's moved around a lot. Aguilar yeah. is a guy that we've talked about for weeks that I thought the Patriots were going to be in on. Look, he had a rough time in Philly um, in that sort of Northeast atmosphere. He goes to Vegas and there are no fans in the stands and he has a better season. Now he's getting paid $11 million a year to deliver in Boston. Is he going to revert back to Philly or is he going to continue to build on what he did last year? But, you know, Bourne's a good, solid player. Anderson's a guy that I, I I wanted to be on the Patriots ever since his Colts days. He's really good against the run. He gives you another body inside. I mean, these are all really good football players, and they're, they're you know, for the most part known for being mentally tough and being physically tough, and they make the Patriots uh, a lot better. And so it's just – it's just a question of there's no question in my mind the Patriots are much much more talented today than they were yesterday. 
Now the question is, and I don't have an answer on this, Nick, and I don't want people to think, oh, well, Bedard's a hater and this and that. I just don't know. But, you know, will these pieces fit by the end of the season? Thing is, they don't need to start. They don't need to fit week one. They don't yeah. need to fit week eight. As right. long as they can get on a roll, almost like the Bucks this past year, in like, you know, week 10, week 12, whatever, they start, the pieces come together, they roll into the postseason, that can definitely happen, no question. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be up to Belichick and those guys to fit these pieces. No question they have better pieces now, and that's at least there's some excitement around this Patriots team because with what uh, Belichick did today, you could tell. He looked at what he had at the end of last season was pretty disgusted about yeah. what they had there, and he's made wholesale changes, and good for him. You know, at least he had, he admitted that there was a problem Let's go forward and fix it and, and get back to who we are. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. And I'm shocked that yep. some people in the media who have been bitching over the past several months about how bad this team was, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but they're still bitching. They will find something to bitch about instead of saying, hey, listen, this is the team I've been crying about all year long, and now they went out and spent $200 million to try to improve this roster, those people should be happy. Let's go one by one here quickly, mm -hmm. your thoughts on each guy and, and what the deal might do to other people on this roster. So let's start out with Matthew Judon. Again, four years, $56 million, $32 million guaranteed. He's the playmaking guy in the front seven, right? It sounds like they're going to move him around a little bit. How could this affect, Greg, guys like Uche and guys like Wino? How does this signing yeah. affect? the other guys on the roster currently. Okay. I like, I like Judon. I, you know, when I think of him, I think of a guy who's really solid against the run and will bring you some pass rush. I don't view him as, as, you know, just a pass rusher. I actually think he's big, strong, thick. He's really, he holds up well against the run and the Patriots had to get a lot better there. Uh, there's no question to me. He slots in on in judging off his snaps with the Ravens. He slots in on the left side, uh, for the Patriots, to me, that means that they're going to give Winovich a real chance to earn the starting job on the other side. Look, we've been talking about it for a couple of years now. He's going to have to show that he's a three-down guy. The Patriots did not buy on that, but I think he, I think he has a lot of potential with that. I think, I think it pushes Uche to stand-up linebacker. To me, we'll, you know, we'll have to see. I'm sure, you know, the Patriots with all these guys. What people have to have in mind is, you may be like, oh well this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Really, the Patriots don't think of it that way. They add players, then they see how it looks on the practice field, then they start fitting the pieces. And so I don't think they're making any sweeping indictments on anybody or, or judgments on anybody right now. But to me, Judon uh, is a starting edge guy. And to me, I think that means Winovich is the other guy. I do think that, you know, Anderson, uh, you know, related to this, I think Anderson's presence might push wise back outside a little bit more he yep. might also you know stand up a little bit more i think that that is uh one of the the effects of having judon also all right couple of updates here other stuff in the nfl uh sham sharania this always kind of screws with my brain nba when an, what when an nba guy breaks nfl news uh sharania just tweeted out that Jameis winston has agreed to a deal to re-sign with the new orleans saints so there's mm. one quarterback off the market of course we're keeping an eye on all these quarterback moves we kind of expected this to happen 
Uh, but Winston has officially agreed with the Saints. Also, a move that affects the AFC East, Greg. I think this is somebody that you had mentioned a few times as a possible fit with the Patriots. Carl Lawson, uh, Bengals pass rusher, signs with the yeah. Jet. Three years, $45 million, $30 million guaranteed. So a couple of deals that have come down over the past few minutes as I keep my eye on Twitter. Uh, let's move on to the next Patriots guy, though. John O. Smith, four years, $50 million, $31.5 million guaranteed. Obviously, we have all been talking about the need for pass catchers for a legitimate number one tight end. You and I talked about this last week. I love the guy. I think he's a stud. I've seen him play a lot in Tennessee. I think Patriots fans are going to just fall in love with him immediately. Good in the red zone. A freak athlete, Greg. Yeah, no question. I think that, that that's the main word with him is is athlete, athletic. When I think of Johnny Smith, I just think of versatility. I remember, you know, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about like, you know, when it comes to these Patriots signings, they're looking for youth and they're looking for versatility. And you say you could say that about almost all of these guys, especially the guys they invested some money in. Uh, so I think that's that's a really good team, good thing in terms of you know them being here for multiple years and being the base of what they think is hopefully the next great Patriots team. But I think, uh, you know, Smith is a vers versatile guy. You can do a lot of things with him. He He's great in the seam. Um, you know, it, when it comes to trickle down with the Patriots, um, you know, they could bring a lot of these tight ends to camp, whether it's Mike Lacoste, uh, Matt Lacoste, uh, Izzo, uh, of course, the second-year guys. Um, I think – you know, it, it leaves them open possibly in the draft or with what they have on the roster for guys to be to stick and be a little bit more of a traditional wide tight end. I no. don't really know if I see Smith that way. Um, he he screams to me a little bit more Aaron Hernandez than Gronkowski in terms yep. of his yak and he can carry the ball out of the backfield. You can do a lot of different things with him. So I think I think the avenue is still there for them to be a two tight end system if they want to go back to that. But the question is, do they have the other piece to that? I don't know, and I don't think we're going to know anytime soon. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about Jonu Smith, because we fall in love with his athleticism and his pass catching ability and his work in the red zone, he can block. So let, yeah. let's, not, let's not treat him like he's only – you know, he's only one dude, right? Like, oh, he's just he's just a, an athletic individual. No, he can block. Right. So he, he will help them as well in that category. All right, let's Nick, continue. one more one more thing on Johnu. Um sure. that I forgot. Uh talking to people with the Titans, they absolutely rave about his leadership and toughness. They they think he he is unbelievable, un, unbelievable character, unbelievable leadership. And you know, when it comes to that offense, I think that's something that this group especially among the you know wide receivers and tight ends backs I think uh if Johnu Smith can sort of lead those guys I think that's a really good thing I think he would pair well with Cam Newton and whatever else they bring in at quarterback but uh I think the leadership is a big thing by the way the uh, deal with Jameis Winston according to Adam Schefter one-year deal worth up to 12 million dollars for Winston with the Saints so a one-year deal up to 12 million let's continue the Patriots talk let's talk some uh football and continue on the offensive side. Nelson Aguilar. Now, here's the one deal that I look at and I say, mm, you know, I, I think they overpaid. I, I think this is an overpay. I, I like Aguilar. As you said, he had a better season with the Raiders. Everybody's going to remember him with the Eagles and all the drops. He had some drops last year in Vegas, but he was a much, much better player. And he also fills a need, Greg. We've talked about this idea of 
somebody who plays fast, who can stretch the field. Yep. They tried with Philip Dorsett. You know, they obviously tried with Demir Bird this last season. You know, you tell me if you think he's an upgrade over Demir Bird. I would say the money's a little heavy. I, I don't like the $11 million a year. It seems a little fat to me. But they needed somebody like this. They got somebody like this. Yeah, I I like him as a player. He's a name of the Patriots that I've heard um, for a long time in terms of that they like his versatility inside, outside. You can do a bunch of different things with him. He can also run the ball. Uh, I, I think that you're right. The money... The money for him and Bourne and you know Smith. There's a lot of guys here who have who are coming off big years. And normally the Patriots don't pay those guys off of one year production, but they obviously think that these players are sending, and they include Aguilar in that. And look, he certainly had his issues in Philly. There's no question about that. But you know, you also deal with players who go through a rough stretch for one reason or another, and then they emerge from that, and then they've turned the corner, and they're on the upside. Right. I, I assume the Patriots are betting that's going to happen with Aguilar. Uh, for that money, he better be a number one receiver. I think that's a lot to ask of him, but who knows? I mean, he's certainly, to me, he's certainly an upgrade over Demir Bird, and I'll tell you, I think he's an upgrade over, um, uh, shoot, uh, Brandon Cooks in terms of, you know, Cooks was a sort of a one-trick pony on the outside. Um, didn't really give you anything after the catch. Uh, couldn't really, you know, do much if you handed the ball to him. Aguilar can do a bunch of different things. I like that he's long arms, long levers, uh, can go up and get 50-50 balls, can win balls. Um, you know, I just like him overall, and I think he's a good fit for what they do. Yeah, and again, if, if people have listened to this podcast in the past, you were all over the Aguilar stuff for the last several weeks. I had a feeling you had an inside guy who might have been leaking you a little something. It felt like you were pretty mm. confident in Aguilar, uh, but that's why people should listen to the podcast. Uh, so a second move at wide receiver was also completed today, agreed upon. Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco, uh, three years, $22.5 million. Of course, Greg, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an idiot. But as soon as I see a San Francisco wide receiver, my mind goes to Jimmy G., is this a possible little link if Jimmy G comes over? But aside from the Jimmy G stuff, tell us about Bourne as a receiver and how he fits in with this offense. Uh, versatile, can go inside and outside. He's tough. Will stick his nose in and block. Um, you know, people were you know pointing that out to me uh, from from the 49ers. Also, uh, some a, a few scouts that scouted him coming out of college and have kept tabs on him. Uh, they like him. They think he's he's an ascending player that he's that he's gotten better every year that he's been in the pros. And you know, some people think that the Patriots might have hit on something there. Um, you know, I think that if you pair, you know, you have Aguilar, you have Bourne, and you have um, Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, I think that's a decent trio. Um, we'll see with Nikhil Harry. What happens with him? Is he part of that mix? I, you know, I don't know. Does he does he kick Jacoby Myers down? You know, possibly. Who knows? You know, Cam Newton's very invested in uh, Nikhil Harry has been uh, since he got here. So right. we'll have to see. But you know, I like those. I like the trio that they just they play fast. They have good hands. They they can do a bunch of different things and and, and allows the 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 offense to play much faster now. Will the quarterback do it? Is it Newton or somebody else? Will Newton speed up and actually get, you know, be on the same page with these guys? We're going to have to see. 
Greg, do you think they're done at wide receiver? Could you see them maybe draft a guy, maybe sign another yeah. guy, or, or this is it? Yeah, I I could see them, you know, going into the draft, and I and I I I would hope that the Patriots realize what's going on in the game uh, in terms of you know where the passing game is in college now, and you know that you can hit on guys anywhere in the draft. I wish they would draft a wide receiver now every year. You know, view it as like almost like cornerback. Um, but yeah, I, I could see them going there and who knows who falls to them in the first round. I think a lot of these moves, Nick leaves them open, uh, to being where they love to be in the draft, which is nobody can tell which, what their need is in what direction they might go. And that, that frees up the Patriots to just draft the best player. All right. I don't know much about this next guy. Honestly, I, I haven't paid too much attention, uh, and what's going on here, but uh, defensive side of the ball now. Devon Gacho, uh, I've, I've read about him today. Obviously, a bigger dude, somebody who's going to play the nose tackle position. We know the Patriots have had issues last year, especially against the run. Uh, Belichick was not happy about that. So let's talk about the combination, actually. Let's talk about Gacho and Henry Anderson, two guys who seem like they'll fit right on the defensive line and really help this run defense. Yeah, so I view Godshaw, you know, just as a nose tackle. And from the people I talk to with the Dolphins, uh, they say he's he's a rock, that he is tough to move inside. He's great against the run, um, you know, loves playing, uh, contagious. He'll he'll take on double, you know, double blockers, doesn't care. He'll take a beating like that and free up other guys. He's in the words of one person uh who's with the Dolphins, he said that. Godshow makes the guys around him better. And so I, I think that's that's a really good thing for them. When I when I envision the Patriots front, you know, what I see say on first down is, you know, Godshow's in the middle, you know, shading the nose. You have Lawrence Guy next to him. And then you have, you know, Anderson, you know, at left end where uh Dietrich Wise is, and then you have Judon on the other side. You know, but I, I think it leads them certainly to be open to versatility. But uh, all those guys, it's, you know, Nick, I, I'm just, I'm thankful that the Patriots are just a lot better against the run because this is all these guys can play the run a lot better. And that helps set up everybody else. You know, you talk about whether it's pass rush or, you know, we talk, we pick JC Jackson apart or Devin McCourty apart. And you're just like, well, there's no pressure on the quarterback. What are these guys supposed to do? Defending the run makes a lot of people on defense better. And to me, they added a bunch of guys who can defend the run, and they've gotten a lot better right there. Lawrence Guy gone? I'm not ready to say that. I think Anderson was short money. We'll see. I, I remember gauging his free agent market um, before this, and a lot of people were like, you know, he could get some interest, but he's a guy who, in his position – it might be tilted down a little bit in terms of compensation and hopefully fingers crossed because I already lost Joe Tooney today. And um, I don't know if I can go through lo losing Lawrence guy as well. <laughs> that was, I know. I, saw, I just I saw your emotions on Twitter about Tooney leaving. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a rough day. I mean, you know, I think he's still up there. Yeah. Say it ain't so Joe Tooney. Uh, you know, I knew he was going to be leaving and it's just a tough blow. I don't know if I could lose Lawrence guy. I might need a few days off if that happens. Um, but I'm hoping he's back, but look, the Patriots at least have some leverage now, or at least, you know, they don't have to overpay for him, but 
Uh, I think that if it's not Guy, I think they got to go there in the draft. They need more bodies inside, and they can't leave themselves thin there anymore. Uh, you know, we'll see as far as Adam Butler. Um, he, he's a different breed. He's more of a pass rusher. Can they can they really spend a lot of money just to have a sub interior pass rusher? I doubt it, but who knows? All right. So the next guy on the list, Jalen Mills, four years, twenty four million, nine million guaranteed. I know you said you weren't really sure about him. I've watched him play a number of times because of the day shift that I have uh, when I talk about pretty much all of the NFL teams on my show Monday through Friday. And, and I've seen Mills. This is the one that I kind of shake my head, but you know, maybe it's yeah. coaching. Maybe it's the lack of talent around him. I've seen Mills get burnt a lot uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle. And he gets mm-hmm. burned specifically on double moves. So I, I kind of have, you know, the, these these visions of him getting burnt on a, on a ball downfield on a double move. Um, so I, I'm not in love with it. But, hey, listen, the Patriots have had a great track record with bringing guys in to the secondary. And, you know, a lot of times it works out. Not every single time, but they do tend to get things right. J.C. Jackson, Malcolm Butler, two undrafted guys. We know the roll call, right? All, all the guys that Belichick has had. So maybe better coaching, maybe Mills will will be a little bit better than I anticipate. What I want to ask you, though, about Mills, because you said you you, got to watch film on him. When I saw this move, Greg, and maybe I'm wrong, but when I saw this move, I thought about Stephon Gilmore. And I said, well, that gives them more depth in the secondary, and this could open the door for a Gilmore trade, right or wrong. I think you're right, and and I think a lot of your observations are spot on because I, you know, I texted somebody from Philly right after this this move was announced, and I was like, "Well, uh, what do I need to know about Jalen Mills?" And he's like, "He gives up a lot of long passes." Yep. Um, and again, it could be, you know, it could be scheme, like you said. I mean, what Jim Schwartz runs is a lot different. What the Patriots run, the Patriots obviously were targeting this guy. There has to be a reason. We'll see what that reason is. Uh, but he he has a lot of versatility. He's played all over the place yep. from, you know, cornerback. He moved to safety. He could play free safety, strong safety, in the box, along the line, do a lot of different things. You're like, all right, well, you know, don't they already have Devin McCourty and uh, Adrian Phillips and Patrick Chung and Kyle Duggar and, you know, all these guys? Yeah, they do. But I do think – I think he's here to give you options should whatever happen with Stefan Gilmore. And I would – put the odds of being very low that Gilmore is still here by opening day, but you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I just look at this and I think a lot of things that people have said over the past year, a couple of years, you know, a lot of those people just ended up being wrong. You know, Belichick's not going to pay at the top market for some of these top guys. Well, you're wrong. Johnu Smith, Matthew Judon play it paid at the top of the market for those guys. Uh, the idea of, you know, looking at this this Belichick thing where he's just going to be way too stubborn to admit that he was wrong with some of these things and he's not going to go out and spend on receivers. and That was wrong. Uh, so I, I just think what you see overall, and I know you said some of this, Greg, at the beginning, and, and as we wrap it up, I just, you know, I look at this overall and I say to myself, this is a good day for Patriots fans. And if you if you look at, some of the mistakes that were made, what would you like them to do? You know, I, I tweeted that today. For the people who are bitching about Cam Newton, they're bitching about bad drafts in the past, and they're bitching about this, but 
Well, what happens? What what happens if the Patriots didn't spend? Then you know what we would hear, Greg? We would hear about how the crafts are cheap and how they don't spend actual money and Belichick is stubborn and Belichick's never and we'd have we'd have some other line of crap that's thrown out there that is pessimistic and all that. And you know, again, this is not to say that Belichick is flawless, but I think if you look at a day like this and you want to crap on it, that's more a you problem than a Patriots problem because we went into this offseason, Greg, saying they need to spend legitimate money, they need to improve this roster, and today they did those things. Yeah, no question. And they did it really quickly. I mean, look, I certainly have concerns about what they've done and whether it will hit, you know, in 2021 or are they or is this really going to hit in 2022 and and you know maybe they get a couple drafts like you know on top of last year and this year and all of a sudden they're they're back to building i i, I will say this the cap space that they had that they spent look they paid a price um a small price for the season if they if they go on and have you know go back to the playoffs this year and things like that but that cap space bought them time and it bought them time to reset they brought in some guys now they need to hit on these drafts so that those you know when these free agents are done instead of having to overpay them to retain them now they have draft picks that can you know replace them and things like that and that gets them it gets them caught up you know look they, they screwed the pooch as far as team building for three years they just they did and but this this year gives them a chance to reset that and you know and here's the other bottom line for me is you know, when I look at all of these guys that they signed, these seven guys that they brought in, plus the, you know, Trent Brown deal, um, you know, he could be an eighth person. You know, these are all really good football players. You know, I, I don't know Mills that well, but from what I hear, he's really tough and he's versatile and he brings a little swagger and things like that, which I think fits in well with this defense and, and could really help in that that defensive backs room with the Patriots. But I look at all these guys, Smith, Godshaw, Juden, Aguilar, Bourne, Anderson. You know, these are all guys that I've admired watching on film. And I say, you know what? That's a good football player. And the Patriots are a lot better team today than they were yesterday. The only question in my mind is, are they going to stay healthy and is it going to work this year or is it going to be the year after? But I think the Patriots did excellent work today. I think they took advantage of the 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 situation of that that the, the rest of the NFL found themselves this year. Uh, you know, a little bit of good timing with what happened for the Patriots. But you know, to me, I thought they, I think they've done a really good job, and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, and I think, listen, I wouldn't put anything past Belichick. I would not be surprised if they bring another guy in, another receiver. I, I don't know. I just, I think Belichick, as you said. Going back, Greg, months ago during the season, Belichick looked at this roster, and I know a lot of us were saying this beforehand, but you know Belichick, which is different because he's inside the bubble, and he's the guy who's been responsible for shopping for the groceries and putting this team together. He looked at it, and he realized we're just not good enough. We're not good enough. We got to get better, and he's making a concerted effort to do that, and I expect him to continue to do that. I thought the Marcus Cannon trade was a great trade to move up 11 spots in three rounds and get rid of $7 million uh, for a guy uh, who wasn't going to play. Great trade. Yeah. I mean, come on. They, they were going to cut him, It Greg. was a trade. They were going to cut him. You move up. They got the equivalent of a six-round pick for – you know, a starting look, I don't want to get into that because that's a whole separate discussion. I, I agree. I just think when you move up 11 spots in three rounds and 
you do that by getting rid of a guy that you were going to cut anyway, it's a great trade because you got something for a guy that was not in your plans. And you were able to get rid of him before free agency, which opened up seven million bucks. I thought it was a really good deal. Uh, but listen, they were always going to land guys. They had money. They've got Belichick. They've got a history. I know people, you know, they bought into the one year, one year, seven and nine. It's all over. Nobody wants to sign with them. Nobody's going to play for Belichick. All that stuff that the hot take artists have pounded and pounded and pounded for the last few months. The hot take artists. Well, they were doing a lot of backpedaling today as they were talking about these deals that were done. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. And we'll see if this works. Uh, he's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Hopefully you enjoyed a crazy day. I think it's a good day. I think there's more moves to come. We'll keep an eye on those. Greg and I will be back. Everybody be good, be safe, and be healthy.